All right, before I tell you about the attack, first, let's just set the scene. So it's summer 2019. I'm 29 years old at the time. I had just come out as trans a year earlier, and now I'm moving from Salt Lake City, Utah to Eugene, Oregon. I'm doing this in order to start my transition. So this move was basically uh, my fresh start. This was me being as courageous as I knew how. This was me going for my dreams. And this is me radically giving myself to life. And I don't actually know anyone in Oregon. I don't have a game plan. I don't have a job. I don't have a support system. This is just me, my dog, and a sense of trust in a better future. That's all I've got. So I find a cute little cabin on Craigslist. I pack up my car and I move as sight unseen to Eugene. And even though the owner of the cabin hadn't yet officially offered it to me, he did say that I was one of the top candidates and that the next step would be for us to meet in person. And since I'm a pretty optimistic person, I heard that and what I interpreted was, oh, it's just gonna work out in my favor because like, who wouldn't want to rent to me, right? He's gonna feel me and see me and hear my story and he's gonna be like, yeah, I totally support you, move on in. <laughs> so that's my, those are kind of my expectations. And I take my first dose of estrogen, say goodbye to Salt Lake, and then I drive towards this bright new future that I have waiting for me. But as with all good stories, things don't go as planned. So I don't get the cabin. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have anywhere else to go. So kind of just like, e, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but as I already said, I do have this sense of trust in a better future. So instead of seeing this as a disaster, I decide to see this as an opportunity. And instead of pushing back, I make the conscious decision to flow in harmony with this situation. I've got my dog with me. It's summertime. Oregon is beautiful. So I decide to have myself one of these like hashtag van life adventures, right? So <laughs> we drive to the coast. We hang out at parks. We explore. We hike. We do all the things. Okay, so fast forward two weeks. I'm still in my car. I haven't found a place to live or anything. So I'm at this cute little park. We're right next to the coast and it's morning-ish time. My dog is in the car. I'm in the process of making myself a smoothie and I've got the driver's side door open and I'm kind of just like arranging things in the front seat. So I'm, I'm peeling bananas. I remember I'm listening to a podcast at the time and I'm just absorbed into my own little world. And okay, so trigger warning, if you don't wanna hear about violence, then maybe skip ahead like a minute or so. So here I am making my smoothie. I, I look up and I see this person, he's maybe 15 feet away and he's walking towards me very quickly. And I don't know what's going on. So I press pause on the phone, put the banana down. And I step out from behind the door. And by the time that I've done that, which took maybe, I don't know, three seconds. So now all of a sudden out of nowhere, I've got this angry middle-aged man and he's in my face just yelling at me. So all of this happened with only just a few seconds. So I literally, there's no thinking, there's no processing, there's no time to like 
a respond or anything. It's just purely, I look up, I step out, and then boom, he punches me. And it's not like he slaps me or pushes me. Like, no, he full on rotates the hips and does this huge uppercut to my jaw right here. And that first punch shattered my jaw in seven pieces. So as soon as that happened, I obviously I know, okay, my life is in danger. And so I sort of like stumble backwards, turn around to run, but he jumps on my back and he's just continuing to punch me in the back of the head. So got him on my back for a few moments and then he gets off, he swings around and he grabs me by the hair. He pulls my head down to like waist level. And so now he's just giving me uppercuts to the head and I can't see anything because there's hair in my face and I don't, still I have no clue what's going on. Like, and so as he's doing this, he's dragging my body across the parking lot for maybe like 40 yards. And once we make it to the grass, um, I remember just being on my knees curled in an upright fetal position. So I'm just like in a little ball and he's behind me and on top of me and he's just beating the shit out of me. So yeah, so a few minutes later, a few moments later, it stops. And as it was like almost as quickly as it started, it was like, boom, now it's over. Uh, somebody had heard my screams and they ran all the way across the park and they actually tackled this person off of me. Uh, so, okay, just a point of clarification. This person who attacked me was upset about the fact that I had used the women's restroom earlier that morning. And it actually wasn't until six months later during the trial that I found out that he actually never even saw me use the restroom, but instead he had heard from someone else who had seen me walk in and out of the restroom. I was just uh, washing my hands. So I was in there for less than 30 seconds. So someone saw me and then ended up telling this other guy. And then, so for whatever reason, this person, his response to hearing that was he started stalking me for a couple hours. And then he came all the way across the park and he confronted me when uh, I wasn't paying attention. And so then the result of that trial was he got convicted of two felonies and sentenced to six years in prison. Okay, so I think it's a good time to pause the story right there and we'll come back to it. But first, let's talk a little bit more about this topic, this larger topic of anti-trans violence. So it's not a secret that this is a real thing. Myself and so many others are testaments to the fact that being transgender has some dangers to it. And so I guess I wanted to pose a question to you. And that question is like, well, what do we do with this information? It's like, okay, now what? You, me, normal people are just trying to live our lives. How do we respond to the fact that being transgender is dangerous? But first, just as a quick disclaimer, I'm young, I'm white, I live in the United States, I'm able-bodied, I consider myself quite capable as a human being. So just keep in mind that what I have to share, what's right for me might not be what's right for you. So if you were to ask me, Lauren, would you do this again? Like, would you go forward with a transition? 
knowing that you're going to be faced with this level of violence? And my answer to that is yes, absolutely, yes. I would do this all over again for the reason that being myself is the single greatest joy in my life. And if I have to experience extreme pain, impossible challenge, hardcore adversity, in order to get here, to be this, then that's a path that I'm willing to walk any day of the week. It may not be ideal, but I am willing to walk it. And if you were to ask me, Lauren, are you afraid of what might happen to you in the future? I would say, no, I'm not. I am aware, I'm prepared, I'm vigilant, and I do everything in my power to stay safe, but I don't feel like I'm afraid. At least not in the sense that fear is dictating to me how I get to live my life. And the reason for that is simply because fear doesn't feel good <laughs> in the same way that outrage and hate and blame just don't feel good to me. And if you're saying to yourself, okay, Lauren, this sounds way too simple. Well, you're absolutely right. This is way too simple. And I think that that's exactly why so many people dismiss why these kinds of perspectives can be so powerful. So I guess another way that you could think about it is like this. So danger exists, hate, violence, oppression, all of this exists. All of this is inherent to life, and which means that it's outside of your control. Whether you're trans or not, life is inherently dangerous. And so that's why I'm asking you the question, that how do you respond to this? Because of this, in the sea of variables, the one variable that you can't control, the one thing that you do have influence over, it's your response to the situation. So that's one of my biggest takeaways from this attack. I can't change what is, but I can change how I respond to what is. Okay, so let's get back to the story. So I've just been attacked. I'm in terrible shape. The ambulance takes me to the local hospital. Shortly thereafter, I get transferred to a bigger, better hospital in Portland. I get emergency surgery. They put all sorts of metal brackets, screws into my jaw. And then the next day, my story actually goes viral, like national news level viral. So my phone is blowing up and the whole thing is just absolute craziness. But the image uh, that always gets me and really hits me in the heart, it's this. So I'm alone in the hospital bed. I don't have friends or family or support system. Like they're wheeling me into surgery and they ask me, is there anyone that we want you to want to call? And I can't even speak, but I have to, I just write like, no. Like I it didn't feel like there was anybody there in my life with me, in my corner supporting me. And I just felt so alone in this situation. So I'm simultaneously going through divorce, I'm going through bankruptcy, going through homelessness, and now I'm dealing with this 
life-threatening injury. And all of this is only two weeks into my transition. And it's like all of this happened, this entire like falling apart process happened specifically because of my decision to be myself. And then in addition to all of this, now my face is plastered all over the internet and I keep coming across these threads where people are like rejoicing in the fact that I got attacked. And they're saying things like, I deserved this and that I should have gotten worse and that my attacker is a national hero. So like, yeah, as you can imagine, that's a really challenging moment. But just because I'm being challenged, that doesn't mean that I'm powerless, right? So in that moment, the big question for me was, and it continues to be, Lauren, how are you going to respond? Are you going to stop your transition? Are you going to curse God? Are you going to become a bitter, hateful person? I mean, come on, you just trusted in life and look what happened. You took a leap of faith. You committed to being yourself and look what happened. So please tell me or better yet, show me. How does this story go? All right, my friend. See you in the next one.